You're listening to First Conyers Daily Podcast, Daily in the Word, with Pastor John Mark Oliver. Well, good morning. Today is Wednesday, April the 20th, and I am finally back on Facebook Live. Um, it's good to be with you this morning. I hope there are others that are joining us this morning. You haven't fallen off uh, because of the timeout. Good morning, Kim. Um, we may play a little Mr. Rogers this morning as I see your name pop up. Just want to say good morning to you. Franklin, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, had a few difficult days trying to figure out what was going on with Facebook Live. And, of course, if you know, um, there is no such thing as technical support with Facebook. You just kind of have to hunt and peck through the Internet and find out what's going on. But I uh, found it seems like every time they do any kind of update to Facebook, it messes up my Facebook Live, and so it's good to be with you, but I will let you know next week, uh, I will not be doing daily devotion any day next week. Next week is a real crazy week for me. I have the end of my semester. I have my last major paper due and also my final exam next week, and so I'm going to need all the time that I can muster up to uh, get that completed. So next week, we will not be, we'll be taking a break from our daily devotions, but this morning we're continuing in Hebrews chapter 11. I, I really wanted to take each instance or each person in Hebrews chapter 11 and spend some time uh, just looking at their faith and, and how their faith um, brought about God's promises and their, actually not their faith brought about God's promises, but their faith in God to bring about His promises uh, <clears throat> to them and, and we benefit from those today. But this morning as I was meditating on that, those two verses, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, and there were a few songs that just popped into my mind, and so I just want to share them with you this morning. Oh, she, how great, how great is our God. He's a name. 
writer of Hebrews is going to state to us this morning that looking at, at Jesus as being better, looking at Jesus being greater than the angels, looking at Jesus being greater than Moses, looking at Jesus being greater than Aaron, looking at Jesus being the greater, being greater than the, than the high priest. He is the last high priest, the ultimate high priest. He begins in Hebrews chapter 11, um, kind of contrasting what uh, what one might say uh, of of salvation or means of salvation through the old covenant or law uh, versus the new covenant that really salvation is the same medium uh, they had they had many had missed that that it was by faith uh, not by any works of righteousness that we could do but according to his mercy he has saved us the writer says and so here in chapter 11 he says now faith is the the assurance of things hoped for. Remember last time we were in Hebrews chapter 11, we said that that our faith is not in our faith. In other words, to believe God for his promises is not that we muster up enough faith, 
on our own and we have faith in our faith for God to do things. No, our faith is in God. Our trust is in God and uh, in, in believing that he can and he does do what he says that he would do. And faith doesn't mean that, that we have enough faith that we can always make good things happen in our lives. We're going to see as we read in chapter 11 that, that faith always brings about God's providential will, not what our wish list might be. There are many today that confuse faith and believe that, um, that, that if you have enough faith that, that God will do whatever you command him to do. If you rub him the right way, if you stroke him the right way, um, that you can speak things into being, and that's just that's just a false lie. That's 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 heresy. Uh, we equate that to what many call the uh, the the uh, health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, um, and that's not what Scripture teaches. But we're going to see later in Hebrews chapter eleven that, that there were those that had just as much faith as as the great patriarchs Abraham and Noah, yet the consequences or results in their life were. Um, we uh, were, were not that great in that sense. And so faith is believing God and trusting him regardless of, of what the outcome in life may be. And so I don't know what you're facing today particularly, but if it's, uh, if it's a difficult situation, your faith is that God will be faithful through that and that you can trust God regardless of the outcome or the circumstances that you might be in. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so uh, what the writer means there is things that we have not seen yet, promises that God has made, uh, we have faith that he will bring those to pass, promises that are founded in his word. And so he's going to go through the list of all the patriarchs um, where God had made a promise to them and they believed God even though they had not seen it. Their faith was the evidence of things not seen. And so in verse 2, he begins by saying this, um, for by it, that is faith, by it, the people of old received their commendation or received their reward but by their faith in believing God for what they had not seen yet. If you remember, um, Noah had been had been promised uh, by God that God would bring a great flood over the all, all the earth. Yet He would save His family, and He commanded Noah to build the ark. We're going to see that, and Noah builds that ark by faith, believing that God would fulfill what God and God commended him because of his faith. Abraham was commended because of his faith. He was not commended because of his righteous acts or his work. Now, we don't want to be misunderstood there. God God does affirm our righteous acts and our obedience to him, but, but, but God commends our faith and our belief and our trust in him. Uh, just a quick story. Remember the children of Israel, uh, when, when Moses was right there at the Jordan about to take them into the promised land, uh, they did not believe God to bring about his promise to bring them into the promised land. And so God, as a result of that, caused that generation to wander 40 years in the desert. They all died in the desert. It was the next generation, Joshua and Caleb, who were able to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. So God is not pleased with a, with a unbelief of not believing in him. Of course, we see that in the gospel message that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe or whoever would trust in him 
would not perish but have eternal life. And so our salvation is squarely based on our belief and our trust in God, our belief that Jesus was sufficient as a payment for our sins, that Jesus took on the wrath of God that we deserved, and he absorbed that wrath for us on our behalf. So that's what faith is. That's what trust is, believing God for his promises. And we believe in salvation, what God says in his word, that if anyone would believe in his name, believe that he rose from the dead and confess with their mouth, and they'll be saved. And so our salvation is by our belief and our trust in God, not by any works that we could do. Then he goes in verse two, in verse three and he says this, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. How often do you take time to ponder on that? That what we see in the created order, the universe was brought about by the very word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And by his command, by his word, that which we see in all of creation, subsequent days of creation, but God created that just by his word. God spoke into existence these things by, by means of not using things that already existed. That's so contrary to the evolutionary theory. You see, the evolutionary theory says that, that there was all this matter floating around and that by some uh, miraculous event that, that they all collided and, and next thing you know, we have human beings walking around on the earth and, and you know the evolutionary story. But my question in the story of evolution or the theory of evolution is always, where did that matter come from? It had to have a beginning Matter just doesn't exist out of it on its own, but matter, uh, by its very nature and its very design, has to have a creator or something that would create that matter. Where did the substance come from that made up matter? Where where did the substance come from that made protons and neutrons, etc.? And and these atoms that 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 evolutionists say all of a sudden just kind of came together and formed. No. The Bible says very clearly and teaches that in the beginning, God created. And we don't just trust the Bible. We do trust the Bible. But there is evidence in that because nothing exists, nothing can exist where nothing previously doesn't exist. And so there had to be a creation. There had to be a creating point. And so all that we see in the universe was created by the word of God. God spoke it and it came into creation. We see Jesus demonstrate in his life numerous times through miracles that he was in fact God because of his spoken word, he either created, changed form, or he he spoke to the wind and the and the wind ceased. He he spoke to the natural order and he had command over it. Only God has command over the natural order and the universe. And so here here the writer is gonna to begin to lay the foundation that that everything that we see was created by God and therefore all of our faith and our trust has to be in God. I was reminded of what David wrote in Psalm 8 when he, when he wrote this, speaking of, of the heavens and creation. Psalm 8, beginning in verse 3. He says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. When's the last time you just stopped to look at God's creation? 
you know, this is a great time of the year to do that. It's a beautiful day today. I might would encourage us all to go outside and just take a little walk around. Look at the leaves and, and the difference in the formation of the leaves based on the type of plant or tree that it comes from. Look at the different colors that are there. Take a look at some flowers, if you have any flowers in your yard. I was looking at some that had come up voluntary from last year as I was walking through my yard over the weekend. And the colors and the separation of colors and the petals of the flowers are just magnificent. Um, watching a hummingbird that was at my hummingbird feeder and, and just the amazement of that hummingbird and the beauty and the colors. I've got bluebirds that are built in a house in my backyard, a bluebird house that I put out. And I, I look at them and I watch them. I watch them care for the eggs that are in that nest and soon there'll be little baby birds hatching out. And where did they learn that? Where did they get that instinct from? It was God that created that. And and we can see God's wonder in all creation and nature. Now, we don't worship nature. Uh, we don't believe in, in, a, in, in pantheism that there, that God is in, is in everything, that, that the tree is a God, the flower is a God. But no, there's a creator of those things, and we can see the beauty and magnificence of God. And so he, he, the, David is, is amazed at, at God's creation and how he set everything in place. I would propose to you that anyone that looks at creation um, in, in an awe of the wonder of God can't help but respond to God in worship. And then he begins in verse 4 by saying, What is man that you're mindful of him? and the Son of Man that you care for him. In other words, in all of creation and the magnificent things in creation, God, we're, we're just little we're just little specks on the earth. God, what is, what is man that you're even mindful of him? For you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and you crown him with glory and honor. While we're made lower in that sense than angels, created beings, God has crowned us with honor and with glory. We are, we are his... His creation, the work of his hands, and, and every human being that I look at, I have to remember that, that they are created in the image of God. And sometimes it causes us to look past the external. Sometimes it causes us to maybe look past the conduct of human beings to see that they're created in the image of God. And in that, they all have a soul, and every one of them needs to be saved and brought into right relationship with God. You see, we too once were sinners separated from God, but God, by his grace and his mercy, called us to himself, and he saved us. And so don't ever look at another human being with disgust or with, with um, indignation, but look at them as, as, as those who are created in the image of God, created to know God, created to, uh, to fulfill God's purpose for them in their life, and that they have a soul. God loves them, and God wants to save them. Uh, verse 6, you have given him, that is man, dominion over the works of your hands, that you've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O oh Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. And so as David writes this and he's pondering God's creation, he can't help but close the psalm, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. 
worship God in light of his creation today and, and understand that you too are created by God for a purpose to fulfill, to glorify his name through your life. Well, pray that God gives you an opportunity today to plant a seed, sow a seed of the gospel in somebody's heart where that seed has already been sown. God would give you the wisdom to know how to cultivate that seed. And if God, by his grace, would allow you to see someone saved today, what a great day that would be. Look forward to seeing those tonight that'll be in our men's, men's uh, Bible study or women's Bible study, students, children, um, this Wednesday night and next Wednesday night are the last two nights of the of the year for our men's and women's studies. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Reminder, next week there will not be daily devotions next week. I love you. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to our daily podcast. For more information about First Conyers, visit our website at firstconyers.com.